virus is sweeping across our world still, and society has changed. Why is this happening? Is somebody going to do something about it? Are we going to get a vaccine any time in the next six months? If you haven't considered these questions yet, you will soon. And we will be here with you, your personal guides on this journey, this descent into chaos. Thank you for joining us on Staring at Goats. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out here with us this fine Wednesday evening on Staring at Goats. We are going to guide you through your journey through COVID and hopefully give you some info you can use. I'm your host, Stephen, joined as always by other host, Jacob, and other host, TV's Travis. Uh, We are going to rock and roll this show because, my golly, it's late for us. Uh, Jacob has been up playing cyberpunk till the wee hours of the morning and hasn't slept. He's practically a cyborg himself. Uh, yes. and with that, uh, we, we are going to try and make this, make this show happen, make it as fulfilling and entertaining. And we have a lot of news, including some awesome. emails, um, from you guys, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Dude, we got emails, y'all. Tons of emails. Thank you guys. Thank Tons. you. Yes. Yeah. And it means the world Love. to us because... When we can't do guests anymore, we still want your input. And that input can come in the form of an email. Or if you've got a phone with the Anchor app on it, the Anchor app where you can find this podcast, you can actually use that to leave us a voicemail with your phone. It couldn't be easier. So, hey, if you want to do that, consider it, and we'll play it on the show next time. Uh, But for now, let's drop in right off the bat to the roundtable. Let's talk about how we're feeling. Travis, what you got going on? Uh, you know, it was a pretty quiet week overall for me, except I had to do a little fact checking, a little, uh, a little bit of uh, meme squashing on some, uh, some Facebook timelines that really I should just not, not be looking at at all because all they do is frustrate me, but family, what can you do? Um, uh, outside of that, it's been pretty quiet, which is good. I like that work is, is picking up because it's the end of the year. So I need quiet the rest of the way. Do you do you find any satisfaction whatsoever in in doing the the Facebook? I'm going to correct this person, and does it ever get you anywhere? It can because typically what I'm correcting, is, I don't go into it saying, "Look, you're wrong and you're dumb, and here's why." I go into it with, "Okay, I understand what your argument is. However, your argument shouldn't be that; it should be this." Yeah, because it's typically what I what I bristle at is things like, you know, oh, the Facebook is trampling our First Amendment rights by by censoring something. And I'm like, well, they're not because you don't have First Amendment rights on Facebook. But that's a whole different argument. You know, you can be upset that they're taking stuff down. That's fine. That's a perfectly valid argument, but it has nothing to do with the First Amendment or constitutional rights. That's the kind of stuff. So, yes, in a way, I do. Is your yeah. argument that anytime you sign an in-user license agreement that you automatically give up your First Amendment rights? It's not so much that you give them up, but but the First Amendment rights are... Yeah, I mean, the, the First Amendment is about whether or not the government can do something to you for what you say. Yeah. Like, I can walk into the state capitol and call every one of them complete jackasses, and I'm not going to end up in a gulag because of it. Yeah. That's the First Amendment. But it doesn't mean that I can go onto Facebook and say whatever I want without repercussion. Oh, sure. That has nothing to do with it. And that's the type of thing that I 
tend to bristle at or horrendously out of place statistics that mean oh that'll get jacob in a either minute <laughs> out of context data is just drives me batty oh yeah out of context data or just grossly inaccurate data yeah. like saying you know one in ten thousand when you mean one in a thousand or one in a hundred mm-hmm. of something but you say oh well, it was one in ten like i understand hyperbole but there's a point at which hyperbole doesn't fit and so that, but yeah, out of context and, and grossly inaccurate data really drives me crazy yeah. because it's not hard to look that information up and get it correct. Yeah. And if you do make a mistake, then have the, be and have enough character to actually correct it. Because if you don't, then you're just propagating the insanity that is that we're currently facing. Right. If someone calls you out on a statistic, don't say, well, it was a rhetorical thing anyway. No, that doesn't that doesn't work either. The, a rhetorical question is not just well. I didn't. Uh, I it it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. It really, as really well does, as so. well it should. You know, you got to have something that makes you upset on, on the internet. I spent I spent the last <laughs> like thirty minutes before the show arguing with Landon on text through text over refresh rates. Uh, speaking of, I think he's on his way walking to Hawaii right now. Uh, walking tr- yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um jesus landed jones <laughs> that's what he told me <laughs> that's what he told me but yeah so it's, it's one of those things was like stephanie was like what are you doing i was like i'm typing texting landon because he's wrong and he's trying to convince me i'm wrong and i don't know if i'm being gaslit and now i'm starting to question whether i'm right even though i studied this topic for like three months before it was just, it was, it was nuts. And now I still Steven. don't know if I'm right or wrong. What? Steven, he was, he was ribbing you. He was pulling your chain. I you know he know. was. He'll spin. He loves to do it. He will. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> he spins, but he's so, he's so like, he's into it. He will spend oh, I know. an hour. He will spend an hour knowing he can just dig at me with all these fake rules and words. And I don't know what to believe. I'm so Steven, mad. I love that band. <laughs> Easy to land <laughs> Steven, have you ever taken a puppy and just kind of ruffled its ears and 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 ruffled its its fur sure. until it just gets crazy? Yeah. That's what he's doing. That's what he's, he's doing, doing that metaphorically to you. He's just riling you up, so you'll just <laughs> run in circles. And Ashley, then he's he's just like going, Oh, good boy, good boy, good boy. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Ashley has actually told me that before. She's like, You're like a puppy to land in. And he can just kick you and walk away for ten minutes and come back and you'll be like, Hey, it's so good to see you. <laughs> I can't believe you were gone for so-. and it's true. It's a hundred percent true. That's exactly yeah. how I how I am. But I'm also that way with my good buddy Jacob, even though he doesn't kick me. He treats me much better. Jacob I, would I never kick me. Him. No, Jacob no. would never kick me. But when I see Jacob, I'm like, yeah, my boy Tater. Yeah, that's right. We do Tater and D-Wayne for at least the first half hour after we <laughs> see each other for a while. That's exactly right, because that's what you do. Uh, Jacob, how you feeling? Oh, man, I'm great. I don't have to. Uh, I got all my rants out last week, and you know, I, I exploded on, on, on all the listeners, and you're welcome. I think for that. Um, but I still drove by apex skate park and I still saw very few masks. So it, it, my rant didn't do anything. So no big deal. Um, what I want to chat. Good. I was going to say, they need to listen to the show. That's the problem. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, right. what I want to chat about is the vaccine. Yeah. We have, uh, emergency youth authorization by the FDA for a vaccine. 
was this past week, which rad, that's so rock and roll. So I've gotten, I've actually fielded quite a few questions from family members about whether or not they should roll up their sleeve. And my answer to them was, why wouldn't you? I, I don't understand. We've, we've been in quarantines and lockdowns and, and changed and altered our behaviors for the last eight months, nine months. What we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. Why, why wouldn't you walk toward the light at the end of the tunnel? Why, why would you stay in the tunnel? I, I don't understand. Um, but a lot of them were like, well, you know, you 99% chance your body will just take care of it itself. Sure. And I kind of went, okay, but I'm not sure you understand the purpose of a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, you have a 1% chance of dying and your body will take care of it 99% of the time. If you have a vaccine coursing through your body, there's a 95% chance you'll never even have to face that, that, that decision point. No. It, it's like, oh, hey, look, I, I don't even have to. I'm not even going to get sick. I'm not even going to get the virus. It, it's not even going to happen. So why even give yourself that 1% chance? You've decreased your chances to 0.01%. That's, that's, a, that's a much less percents. Yes. I'm not understanding what where this is coming from. And and I get it that, you know, we've got people that are going, well, but that 1%, your body will just take care of it. Yeah. You, yeah. But do you, do you want to roll the dice and do you want to be that 1%? And next thing you know, your family's all got to deal with it. No, that's not me. I would much rather just roll up my sleeve. Let's rock and roll. Now, the one, the one thing I will tell you is, is, and, and the people in discord know this. I, I spent the wee hours of the morning, the night after they, they made the decision to, uh, um, uh, the advisory panel made the decision to, to advise for the, the, um, authorization. I spent that night reviewing over the data as much as I could that, that they released. And the data looks fantastic guys, like truly wonderful data. Um, the deaths weren't even COVID related. The deaths were actually heart attack related. And there was, there was a, I believe there was a stroke as well. Um, I mean, it's it's probably some of the best data that I've seen come from a vaccine, um, which is absolutely shocking. I, I was not expecting this quality of data to come out this first round, but it did. And it looks like Moderna's potentially going to get authorization tomorrow. So we may have two vaccines at play, which just means that it will accelerate the timeline of us actually getting out and returning to some semblance of normal. So roll up them sleeves, baby. Roll them up. Let's rock and roll. And that's two out yeah. of eleven, y'all. Like we, we, if if we get two, there's another nine uh, yep. in in different phases of of testing. You've got the Oxford one and the Johnson and Johnson one are probably the ones coming next. I would imagine yeah. they were the first. Maybe AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca's um, had some clinical trial problems, and so they've they, actually they pulled back it. on some of theirs. So they're they're well, they they might have mismanaged the clinical trial just a touch, and so it kind of got away from them, and and now they've got to backtrack and try to figure out how to fix it, um, yeah. which is never a good position to be in, especially whenever the 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 spotlights are on you at this moment. Uh, to to have some kind of uh, a small mishap is is not going to be a good thing. But yeah, we'll see sure. what happens. But I will tell you this. Um, the advisory panel, the p four people who actually voted against it, the main reason that three of the four people voted against it was because they were they were trying to authorize the usage in 16, 17-year-olds, which is, uh, I mean, technically, they don't have the quiet kind of data that they do in adults, which are considered 18 to 65. So the, the people that voted against it, 
I agree with them that children probably shouldn't be taking the vaccine at this moment because we don't have enough data for them. Um, I disagree to not allow emergency youth authorization for adults because in my mind, there's a reason why it's an emergency use. What they should have done is just said, yes, on the condition that it's 18 and older. Um, yeah. Because that the, was- the point there is that if it was for an FDA panel and this was a drug that was going into mass release on a normal authorization scale, then I completely agree with the no vote. But an emergency use authorization, I'm not sure I agree with that. I would have, I would have much rather seen a yes with conditions. Yeah. Yeah, that Makes was sense. that was my thought as well. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the vaccine. Um, I could, I, I, yeah, because it means the the future is going to be open, you know. And I think I think about those people like you're talking about. They're just like, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I mean, are these people that have actually? Because you said we've been in quarantine, we've spent the last eight months doing nothing. Are these people that have actually spent eight months doing nothing? Or are these people that have gone out and done whatever they wanted anyway? Because who cares? And they're like, I don't know if I want a vaccine. I'm going down to Jimmy's Diner and I'm going to sit down and eat a waffle. Um, I mean, it, yeah. it may be the same people, but I will tell you this. No matter what they say, everything in their life has been affected. And the reason why is because store hours have changed. Sure. Bar hours have changed. Gym hours have changed. Family members haven't been at, at uh, Thanksgiving. Family members aren't going to come to Christmas. Their life has been uprooted, whether or not they want to admit it or believe it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, 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 that's that's a, also a very good perspective. So they're, they would they really just want to go back to the bar. Uh, as soon as possible. Yeah. Or <laughs> they really want to eat chili. I mean, those baby back like, ribs, baby. I feel like the people <laughs> who want the people who are like anti-vaccine and don't care are the same people that are like Applebee's and Olive Garden are fine dining. Uh, that's where they take grandma when she goes. It's grandma's birthday. We're going to Applebee's to eat boneless wings. Um. You know, to be fair, I think Apple. So much wrong with that sentence, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Saucy nugs or die. Where, where do you start? Yes, I know. Well, that's the point, right? Like, you know, I, I remember yeah. walking into Olive Garden and walking in the lobby and seeing a dude in a in a bucket hat and a Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts and boat shoes, and I'm like, that guy's on his in his going out gear. He's he's going out <laughs> on the town and having him a nice Italian dinner. Uh, because that's what that's what Olive Garden is. As someone who happily took Stephanie to Olive Garden while I lived in West Virginia and there was nowhere else to go, uh, yeah, that was a fine dining date. <laughs> I'm going to eat breadsticks, yeah. salad, and spaghetti. Then just have diarrhea because, oh boy, that stuff, let me tell you, cut right through <laughs> you like a hot knife through it's the butter. the breadsticks that do you. Yeah, that or, I don't know, Lord knows. I don't have anything much... Uh, this week, you guys, other than just, um, we quarantined again. I don't know if I mentioned that last week because Monday we had, uh, last Monday we had some HVAC folks in. I probably talked about that. So we quarantined again, but we're now 10 days out, uh, of that. I think it's, is that 10 days or eight, nine, whatever. Nine today, but tomorrow will be 10. It doesn't matter. You're 10 days out tomorrow. Nobody's sick. We made it through. We survived. Uh, it's not something I look forward to doing again. They'll have to because we got new windows coming and people are going to have to be in here working on my windows. Uh, and I'll just quarantine again. <laughs> so it's like, it's I'm tired of this roller coaster. Uh, but at the same time, you kind of just get used to it. Oh, saw people. Going to quarantine. Stay inside. Yeah. Do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or if somebody does come in, you know you're going to have the incident of having to quarantine on that day. 
you do the things you know you're not you're not going to do otherwise. Like I'm going to wear my yeah. mask and go grocery shop real quick. Uh, yep. Not not throw caution to the wind. I don't mean for it to sound like that, but but put put those do the things that are not risky but are riskier than you typically would do because you just want to go peruse the wine section for a minute because you're going to be or, quarantined down for two weeks anyway. Or if there's something that you've been holding off, like going to the bank, I have been holding oh, sure. off going to the bank to create an account for my son since he was born. And the main reason why I want to account for him is so that people that are not immediate family can, can have a place to give them gifts if they want yeah, to give them gifts. That money. So they can just, you know, drop a, a, a quarter in the, the uh, bank account. But I haven't mm -hmm. gone into the bank. And I feel like the next time I quarantine, I have made a commitment to say, I've got to get this taken care of. All I need to do is sign a piece of paper and walk back out. Um, but I'm I'm until I quarantine, I'm not going to do that. And I haven't had a chance to quarantine or need to quarantine recently. So as soon as I get a chance to next time, I will. <laughs> but sure. I feel like that falls into the category of, of what you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I got good news for on one thing. We we, we a, Yeah, we had to go to a to an office to do some home refinance stuff. We had to sign all of our papers and they had curbside paper signing. So we pull up to the law office and I call them and I'm like, hey, I'm here to sign for my closing. And they were like, cool, somebody will be out in a minute. And the legal assistant came out with all the papers in a folder and just handed me one through the, me and Stephanie, the papers through the window. And we'd sign them and hand them back. And but everybody had on masks. We were doing our thing. And I was like, this is wildly convenient. Uh, they would, they, it's freezing cold out there. And the guy's just like, now this document's where they take your house if you don't pay for it. I'm like, okay, I'll sign that too. Uh, you gotta this, love the odyssey of of some people if if they're like that. It's just refreshing at times. Yeah, the best one is like you're gonna have to pay for this. This is this is sign. They give you this one like last. Sign this one up here if you don't want to complete the finance. You don't want to complete the closing. Sign down here if you want to go ahead and accept all the terms. I'm like, why you give this to me last? He's like, there are people. There are people who get all the way to the end and go. Eh, I don't know if I agree to the thing I signed a minute ago, and it's like a big old hassle. Like, what? You? No. My my whole perspective on this kind of stuff is like, do you want the thing? Then you have to sign the papers to get the thing. If you don't want the thing, then go home because you can't you can't get the thing without signing all these these other things. It's like a EULA. I would like to use Microsoft Windows. Well. If you want to use Microsoft Windows, you got to click the button. But I don't trust all these terms. Then don't use Windows. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> there are a lot of other operating systems you could uh, you could go use. Yeah, you should try. You should try a Linux operating system. It is open source <laughs> and free, as in as in Libre. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So good. Yeah. Steve, I'm, I'm ready to be out. Yeah. Go ahead. I was no, going to say real quickly, we have two two questions in the chat. Yeah, follow up with them. So uh, Miller's Wonderland, uh, she has a uh, question. Uh, she, he, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, if the vaccine doesn't work, what if it has a very bad effect on people? And what if it kills people? That is 100% a possibility. Uh, that's the reason why this vaccine was given to so many people was to reduce that risk. 
I believe it was successfully reduced. So I, I, I don't think it's a huge risk. There is a risk that people will affect, will have side effects. They will get sick. They will experience nausea. They will experience headaches. Same way with putting any kind of vaccine or any kind of new protein into your body like that in that kind of form. So I do anticipate quite a bit of, of side effects. Now, if they do start seeing people die, if the, they this emergency youth authorization does not stop them they still have to continue to collect data. They still have to finish their clinical trials. They still have to finish their full submissions. They still have to get uh, actual approval. All this does is say, we've seen enough to say, yes, go ahead and, and release it commercially, but make sure that you finish collecting the data and here's a time window which you have to submit that data. That's all that this says. It does not say, oh, you don't have to go through the rest of these processes. No, you still have to. So anytime yeah. that they start seeing deaths or start seeing major illnesses or anytime something happens where uh, maybe they they need to contact the FDA because, uh, I don't know, uh, they turn people turned into zombies, then they've got to go to the FDA and say, hey, guys, we saw this. Uh, what do we do? Do we stop? Do we stop commercialization? Do we stop the rollout? What do we do? And then there will be another decision point by the FDA to say, we're going to revoke your um, your um, um, authorization or we're going to allow your authorization to continue. So uh, the FDA is really the the gatekeepers here. And, and if people do start dying, if there are some major ramifications, this emergency youth authorization will be revoked pretty quickly. Okay, that's so, good. That's good to know for sure. Just to keep everybody uh, clear, it, it, if major things happen, they they will pull they will pull the plug here. Um, and Ace, man, I'm sorry you're having so many problems. I've been keeping up with it. I haven't been able to respond a ton, but man, I, we're 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 there with you in thought and with and 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 in our prayers. Um, but when you do get out of the hospital, should you quarantine? It depends on your contact level. It depends on your comfort level. It depends on your situation. For me, in my situation, we've got some immunocompromised people. We've got some people on some chemotherapeutics. We've got some 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 issues within our pod, so I would quarantine. Um, but if you feel a little more comfortable, then do what you feel comfortable doing. Um, it, it, do you feel like you potentially were exposed? Do you feel like the people around you potentially were exposed? Do you do you are you feeling a little bit ill uh, relative to? Because I know every time I get out of the hospital or leave a hospital, I always kind of eh, I, I don't feel a hundred percent or I don't feel right uh, because I I believe it's exhausting. It's mentally, physically, and emotionally draining to be in the hospital. So you probably won't feel a hundred percent, and that may be. Uh, due to the hospital stay, it may be because you pick something up, but whatever. The point there is do what you're comfortable with and do what you think is right for your the people around you um, and the people that will be coming over for Christmas and et cetera. So uh, that's my only advice. It's the best I got, and I hope it helps. Awesome. Those are great questions. Um, Jacob, thanks again for, for being Thanks for choosing your career path uh, and your your college degree, so that you could be on this show and say things from some some plane of uh, of of actual knowledge. Because I think that that added a whole lot of value. Just the fact that you've been through the data with the the eye that you're able to go through it with, um, where the rest of us are looking through a lens of whatever media outlet we choose says this is what we know. Um, you were able to look at the data and actually pull out real confidence in it. Because uh, you've looked mm -hmm. at this kind of stuff a million times, um, and I think that's really mm -hmm. that's really valuable for those who listen. Because I know I've I've been approached with questions from family members like, "Would you get the vaccine? I don't know. It's new, and vaccines kill people, and you know the the typical 
the typical thing, and I think some of this is perfectly rational fear in some ways. Like you're injecting a material oh, yeah. into your body. There's a survival mechanism in your brain that says that sounds dangerous. And it, sure, I mean, to, to some degree, yeah, I think it's worth you looking into. Um, but the oh, good sure. news is that that one of the reasons that humans have made it this far is we learned how to team up uh, and go. Bob over there knows how to make fire. I know how to hunt boars. So Bob and I are going to do this. I'm going to let him cook fire, and I'm going to go hunt boars. And that's how <laughs> we ended up doing this. So, I mean, really, that's what it is. I don't know this stuff, but there are people who do. So I'm going to choose to lean on them and go, I, I got to trust you because you've put the time and effort into learning and being a part of that that particular tribe of people that understands uh, the body and medicine. I don't. But when your computer breaks, you can come to me and we'll work this out together. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's important to think of. Nobody 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 wants to put in a a, a vaccine that's going to kill you. That's not the goal. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody wants to track you. Honestly, you're not that interesting to anyone. <laughs> it's not like you're the Manchurian candidate. We're going to put this bomb in your head. Uh, that was that what that was about? Maybe not. I don't remember. I get my Denzel Washington movies mixed up. He had a bomb in his head in one of them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't think that was Manchurian. That wasn't the Manchurian Candidate. That was that virtuosity. That was probably virtuosity. <laughs> Russell Crowe is in that. People forget he was way skinnier back then. Uh, the Isolation Report. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Uh, good news, everyone. The FDA has issued an emergency use authorization for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. I'm not going to read anything about this because we've already talked about it. It happened. <laughs> Everybody's excited. They're vaccinating people in New York. They're vaccinating people all over. Uh, Doubter XX said that in Alaska, they had a, a the first American uh, allergy, allergic reaction. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's uncommon for stuff like vaccines. Nope. Flu vaccines have allergic reactions. If you're if you're allergic to mm-hmm. eggs, you can't get the flu vaccine, or you have to choose an alternative. Um, so this is not unexpected or uncommon, but it's important yeah. that we recognize that it can occur. So that if we run into people that do have you know food allergies and intense allergic reactions to other medications like penicillin, we know that that can happen, and you basically give them a vaccine and just have them hang around. Uh, I remember the first time I got a flu shot, they were like, you ever had a flu shot? No. They said, all right, we're going to give it to you, and I want you to sit over here for about 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. And while I sat there and and mentally almost made my tongue get thicker and had trouble breathing, (laughs) but it was just me freaking out that it could happen. (laughs) I'm I'm driving myself into a panic attack over nothing. Um, yep. I remember I got stung by a bee. I was like, Steph, I got stung by a bee. She's like, how many times have you been stung by bees? I'm like, like three times. She's like, well, you're not going to die or anything. I was like, but what if I do? I think my tongue's getting thicker. It wasn't. It was just, I was just being ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, well, I anyway. mean, there are, there are definitely people that have allergic reactions. I'll give you a great example. If you go into the hospital and they start pumping fluids into you, that's usually the first thing that they do whenever they you, you go into the hospital for kind of any kind of ICU type of situation, they start pumping fluids into you. There is a small percentage of people that are allergic to the fluid that they pump into you. It's called dextrans or dextrose. Um, and in that point, I think 1% of the population that's allergic to it, they go into severe anaphylactic shock almost immediately. And they have to go th- through rescue procedures to try to make sure that they don't die right there on the table. 
it happens with any kind of exogenous thing that you could potentially put in your body. There are some people that are allergic to latex and can't wear rubber gloves. I mean, there are so many different allergies that this 100% does not shock me that people do have an allergic reaction. There is a foreign body at that point or a foreign protein that's going into your body. So it, it's going to happen. Um, uh, the, the the hope there and the the thought there is that fewer people will will have the side effects that are uh, uh, of severe consequence or grave consequence than than have the obviously the virus, which I, I believe the data has shown out. I knew a guy who was whose wife was allergic to latex, and they had a lot of kids. Uh, Jacob, your yeah. turn. <laughs> Twelve kids. True Germany. <laughs> Germany enters tightened lockdown as COVID-19 deaths hit a new high. Um, I think if you guys remember, Germany was one that controlled it early on, relaxed some of their their um, um, regulations and their approaches, and then now start, started seeing some massive increases. Um, mm. But now they're like, whoa, 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 we're 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 tightening the the, the lockdown as well. Uh, Germany reported a record level of coronavirus deaths as it entered a harder lockdown on Wednesday, closing shops and schools to try to bring down stubbornly high new daily infections. The country recorded 180 virus deaths per 1,000 residents, 100,000 residents over the last seven days, a new high and significantly more than the 149 per 100,000 reported last week. Bottom line is a lot of people are getting it. A lot of people, more people are dying. Look in the United States. Same thing we were complaining about last week. 3,000 deaths in a single day. We're, we're on par for 3,000 deaths for the last week. I think our average is just below 3,000. It, it, we're, we're there. We're, we're in a major, major way, just like Germany. Germany has chosen to lock down. I actually have, instead of reading the rest of the story, I'll give you guys some, some uh, discussions that I've had. Um, I had a discussion with a gentleman from Ireland, a lady from France, and a different lady from Denmark. And they were telling me about all of their experiences relative to COVID, because that's kind of my icebreaker now whenever I speak to for work-related things to, to folks ex-US. I, I ask them how their country is dealing with COVID. And the fu funny thing was, is that most of them are saying the same thing. We're, we're experiencing lockdowns and curfews and making sure that we're getting this under control. And we believe that most of the people in the country are good with that because they, they have a high sense of nationality or nationalistic type of, of behaviors and mentalities. Um, the folks in, in Ireland told me, yeah, we were worst for a while, but now we're first because we went on an eight-week lockdown. He said, right now, our, we pretty much have zero cases or very few cases. And I'm like, yeah, that reminds me of a very sage man what said, we're always going to be six to eight weeks away from ending this. Yep. <laughs> but always. yeah, uh, Ireland, France, Netherlands, Germany, they're all increasing their lockdown uh, um, pr procedures right now. And and um, they're they're getting it under control. I think we're letting it run rampant where, where they're they're actually trying to to secure their uh, their protocols to to make sure that they uh, get it under control. Yeah, this Mellow's Wonderland just brought up a, a question in the chat. Answer this: Why can you go to Walmart, movies, gas station, work, etc., but can't go to see family for Christmas, even if it's only five people? I don't understand. I'll tell you why it's a bad idea. It's because you let your guard down at home. You spend more time inside. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to struggle not to hug or shake hands or high five. You're eating together. 
Um, it's not just Christmas. It's not just gathering with family. Like, if you take precautions and your whole family can quarantine themselves off from the world for ten days, go go home. Go to Christmas. Do it. Rock and roll, baby. Have a blast. But the yeah. likelihood of most family being able to do that, I can't go home to Christmas. Sucks balls. I hate everything about it. It makes me angry every time I think about it. Uh, but I can't go because I know that my parents can't quarantine to, can't quarantine to that level. I know my dad uh, is doing his best, but works around and hangs out with a lot of roughneck folks. And in, in the that that I I don't know them personally. I can't speak to it. It's quite possible they protect themselves very well. I just also know that in South Georgia, the redneck protection bubble is a thing, uh, and and I I worry that that could end up exposing us to a uh, to a to an incident. So it's not necessarily that it, that you can't you can't go it's that you shouldn't go without proper precautions and understanding yeah. what you need to do because you're going to let your guard down walmart you're you're you know you're blocking the whole time you're like stay away from me i don't know what you i don't know who you are i don't trust you uh same thing with movies and everything else you and and you've also got established rules in those environments that they are that store workers if they're doing their job are trying to help maintain social distance and mask wearing requirements and all that stuff homes are different and yeah, and I'll give you two quick examples. One is Stephen and I, uh, earlier this year, back in, in May, um, we had to go up to West Virginia and do a cannonball run up there to uh, to try to get a few things. And um, we happened to see family members up there. And I got to tell you, we, we, we had to give them a hug because they're huggers. We're huggers. And yeah. we did. And I, I don't know if we felt... I remember feeling uncomfortable for several days after that experience. I yeah. love them. I think they're wonderful people and I would hug them every day of the week if I could. But that's kind of the example that, that I would like to give to say, yes, we do let our, let our guard down because these are people that you love. They're people that you care about. And yeah, I'll be damned if I'm going to let something happen where I don't give them a hug before I leave. Um, especially if I'm not going to see them for a year or six months or two years or whatever. Um, so that's, yeah. that's kind of one example of, of why, um, I, I, I lost my second example. <laughs> it's, it's okay. That was a, that was a fine example. It's the implicit pressure yeah. of family, uh, that, mm -hmm. that you oh. don't, you think you're going to be able to hold off on. Yeah. Go ahead. If you remembered. Uh, yeah, I do. The the second is travel. Um, my mother's a great example. I love my mother to death and she is going to spend, Thanksgiving and Christmas all by herself, doing absolutely nothing, sitting in her home by herself. And I, it breaks my heart because I know that somebody is going to be sitting on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve during these holidays by herself. And the reason why is not because she can't quarantine, it's because she still has to travel. And nobody's comfortable enough to, to say, yes, a, a, a long distance travel like that is okay. And, and so she's, unfortunately, we, there are a lot of tears and a lot of uh, the discussions, but it is what it is. And so sometimes you have to make those really hard decisions, especially in light that, especially knowing that the light's there, you see that light at the end of the tunnel and you say, hang on. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's if, tough we get, if we get those two vaccines, I'm spending like a week in Florida. I'm going to my parents' house <laughs> and I'm going to ride four wheelers for a week and cook chicken wings. And I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to do this because I don't know if that disease is going to come back and I won't be able to see you again. Uh, so we're doing this. Anyway, more news. Travis, I love this story. I do too. So Tom Cruise goes on a COVID rant. Um, Tom Cruise is 
currently filming Mission Impossible 7 in the UK. And uh, there was a UK newspaper, um, and I use newspaper loosely. It's a, it's a tabloid. The UK Sun. Um, they actually got audio of it. And I have a couple of quotes. Um, I will self-censor them. Uh, but uh, so it's, I, he, was, he was recorded saying, I don't ever want to see it again, ever. And if you do it, you're fired. If I see you do it again, you're gone. And if anyone on this crew does it, that's it. And you too. And you too. That's what I sleep with every night. The future of this industry. And uh, he went on to say, we are the gold standard. They're back in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. Crews can be heard on the audio recording. We're cheating. We are creating thousands of jobs. I don't ever want to see that again. And the rant was about a couple of crew members standing closer than six feet apart. He has been putting forth a ton of social distancing on the set. They had earlier this year, um, they had a delay when they were filming in February. Uh, they had a three week shoot that was supposed to take place in Venice, Italy. They had to shut down because that was right as Italy was starting to ramp up everything. So, uh, so he's been very, very passionate about this and he's put up some of his own money. He's put up uh Shush. Yeah, Emerald. <laughs> Emerald's joining he's in. Up, uh, he's got feelings. Yeah, he, he feels the same way. Uh, $676,000 out of his own pocket uh, to have a, a ship that the cast and crew could isolate on while they were filming. So he's very, very passionate about this stuff and went off. Now, I also found an article with uh, an interview with George Clooney saying he understands why Tom Cruise said what he did. And he, he was like, he's not wrong. He didn't overreact. Clooney said, I probably would have done it differently, but that's my style. But what he was, what Cruz was saying made sense. And honestly, I kind of agree with it. Yeah. So maybe not the method to dress people down in public very loudly, but it also gets the point across. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan in the world, but I think what this may have intended to do is make Tom Cruise sound like a meanie, kind of like Christian Bale on the set of Terminator uh, Salvation like a million years ago, uh, where Christian yeah. Bale lashed out at everybody, and everybody was like, Christian Bale's a butthole! And everybody instead is going, yeah, flipping Tom Cruise, taking care of business, taking it seriously. It seems like he's had more positive press from this outlet, uh, uh, this outburst than negative. And, and I will say, I am not a fan of Tom Cruise's personal life and sure. his connection with, uh, with the Church of Scientology. However, his professional life his work and the passion that he puts into his projects and the fact that he puts his own body on the line he doesn't have stunts in movies that he's not willing to do and usually does a lot of he's made enough money that he can produce his own stuff because nobody will insure him to make a movie because they're like <laughs> no insurance company is like sure go ahead hang off the side of a plane as it takes off and film it that's cool um so he puts a lot of himself out there. And this is just another example of that. He really wants to make sure this is done, but done right. So he's really being strict about it. And I'm I'm fine with that. I think it's good. Yeah, and he's not wrong. He he this kind of stuff is going to make or break the industry as a whole. If you can't prove you can make movies safely, you can't make movies. So it it does employ right. people. This is, this is goes alludes back to what you were talking about a week ago, Travis, with um it all the people on set, the caterers, the the costume designers, the gaffer who's taping down cables, you know, all that stuff. Um that those people rely on movie sets to be working. And if you have to shut down because of a case of COVID, you don't get paid and you need to get paid. 
So um, I I think it's maybe maybe like George Clooney said, may have gone about it a different way, may have, have pulled them off to the side, but I think he wanted to make a point. Uh, and sometimes that's the only way people hear uh, what you yeah. what you have to say. Some people you can tell them gently, and you don't know if this was the first time he'd seen it. Might have been the second, third time he'd seen it, and he'd let it slide a couple times and just decided, no, these guys aren't aren't going to learn. Um, so yeah. there could be a lot of backstory there. All we have is an audio clip. We're trying to produce an entire narrative around a short <laughs> audio clap from a, from a tabloid. So it's important to right. keep that in yeah. perspective. Well, and, and real quickly, the only thing that I really want to add is I, I don't believe any of these people have anything to learn. I, I think it's they just need to recognize how important their actions are at this moment to not only them, but also the rest of their crew. And small things can have huge impacts on whether or not they're able to continue working, whether or not people uh, maintain employment, et cetera. So in my yeah. mind, it's not necessarily that they need to learn anything or that they need to spend any time studying anything. It's just that they need to be hypersensitive and hyper aware that their actions do have consequences. And sometimes, especially in these times, the consequences could be pretty serious. Super Bowl yeah. game six, baby. <laughs> Super Bowl game six. One person. What ended up? Nine? Ten people out of that on that team. Oh, 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 not Super Bowl. Uh, Major League Baseball. Oh, Major League Baseball. Uh, Sorry, it's a World Series. Series. Sorry, yeah, that was. Look, I had uh, I had a misfire there. I know (laughs) I know the difference between baseball and foosball. Give me a break, nerds. Uh, Boy Scouts create a hug booth for nursing home visits. COVID-19 guidelines have made it difficult for many people to express their love physically, but Boy Scouts Troop 848 came up with a creative way to allow residents at nursing homes to connect with their loved ones. Uh, assisted living facilities have had to place strict rules ever since a surge was seen in COVID-19. Uh, this hug booth was created at Hardest Clear Lake, home uh, home to about 150 senior residents, where rules only allowed two loved ones to visit inside the facility. Uh, so they, <laughs> Becky Hudson, who's the lifestyle director at the facility, said they built they build exactly the way we envisioned it. They're great, safe, and come with gloves. Uh, the booths are set up outside in a courtyard and allow guests to stick their hands through large sanitized gloves and look their loved ones in the eye through plexiglass. This sounds very ET or science project to me. Like put my hands through the gloves to manipulate the dangerous material that is my grandma. Um, but man, if you can't get anything else is something i I mean humans need physical touch humans need hugs it's a stress reliever it raises your dopamine or it hits you in the dopamine it raises all your neurotransmitters to safe levels it's good physical touch is good and without it we become little shells of just crap um so i think this This story is uplifting if you look yeah. at the pictures by the way if you guys get a moment to take a, a quick uh do a google search of it and look at some of the pictures uh, it it yeah it looks like a boy scout may have created it's not perfect but man is it perfect if that yeah. makes any sense it's it's it definitely should warm your heart especially around christmas time when i've seen so many p- pictures of people just standing outside of doorways one person on one glass door and the other person on the other side of the glass door. And they're just standing at each other with their hands up against the doors. And uh, that's, that's how nursing facilities are right now, which is so important why they need to be prioritized getting these vaccines. 
so that we can protect them and so that we can protect the people going in and the protective the people that are working there because they're the ones if you look at the death rates the, the nursing home the care facilities that's really high level of death rates there so um this is just such an uplifting fantastic story uh, especially coming toward the end of end of uh or beginning i guess of of all of these vaccines yeah this is the kind of i mean we want to get out we want to take the boots out man and the vaccines are what's going to help us get there for sure Yep. Yep. So uh, speaking of authorizations, the FDA also granted emergency authorization for use of an at-home COVID test. So folks, I got to tell you, you can get your own at-home COVID test um, that will probably be on the shelves in the next couple of weeks. Uh, The FDA announced on Wednesday that is authorized Abbott's lab rapid COVID-19 test for at-home use. Uh, The doctors must prescribe it to test for patients. Um, it's the third test authorized in the U.S. that can be completely taken at home. Uh, patients collect the sample with a nasal swab, and an app helps them guide through the te- guide them through the testing process and provide them results. So I still think that the um, uh, DHHS will still be able to track the number of positive cases versus number of negative cases. Um, the only difference here is that the um, the accuracy is a little bit less than some of the molecular tests that you go to a main lab for. So if you go to any of your main labs to get a, a COVID test, chances are you're going to have a really highly accurate test. There's still going to be some false positives, but on the whole, it will be fairly accurate. This one, it's a little less accurate, so you're going to have to deal with probably more of the false positives um, and maybe even a few more of the false negatives. I don't know which ways, um, how the specificity and the sensitivity is uh, I haven't looked dove that deep into it, um, but I do know that it's not quite as accurate. So at the end of the day, it's really cool. You guys now can don't have to go anywhere for testing. You guys can have uh, tests either shipped to your home or you can go pick them up at your uh, your local CVS or or Walgreens or wherever you get your uh, your pharmacies. That's that's pretty nice. awesome. I just want to know if it comes with a robot to do the test for. No, me. no, God, I hope not. <laughs> I want I want the COVID robot. No. What if no, what if you're not still... like I don't know how this 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 thing works, but I mean it typically was a cotton swab, a nine inch cotton swab shoved into the, <laughs> the back of your skull, right up under your your brain there. Uh, like, or what if somebody's not brave enough to shove the cotton swab back that far, or is, can it be done more shallow? Uh, I would. I thought there was one that could be more shallow, or there was a cheek swab one. I thought. Okay, I maybe that's that. what this is. Um, I'm definitely interested in the method because as much as I would love an at-home COVID test, I also don't want to shove a nine-inch cotton swab in the back of my brain. Uh, and I think really the goal here would eventually get to a fast-acting 10 to 15-minute result so you can leave your house with confidence, right? Isn't that what something that we would we would hope to see both in, in mul- for multiple reasons? Like South Korea, one of the reasons they got everything under control really quickly was mass testing, on a huge scale, mm. like every flipping person got tested right out of the gate to go, you're sick, you stay home. You're not, you're fine. Go, You know, those kinds of things. Um, like, I, I would think in the in America, where we don't have the centralized force of government really available to us in that, to that degree, you'd almost need uh, people to do it themselves. Uh, we're do-it-yourselfers here. You know, we, we built the frontier. We say that no one here alive built the frontier. We just we just continue riding on the backs of all the dead people who did. Uh, 
But, you know, it, it seems to me like it would be a practical thing to do to get people testing themselves on the way out the door. Um, so that'd be, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, I just not only off. that, but I, I think the other thing it, it helps do is give you confidence to go to um, go home for Christmas. If you're yeah. looking to go home for Christmas, uh, which may be 15 minutes up the road, it may be an hour up the road. I don't know. Um, but if if you're like, well, do I go? Do I not go? This kind of test would be a perfect uh, example of of what to do to give yourself to reduce that risk. I mean, the whole yeah. point is is that you try to find ways that reduce the risk. And if reducing the risk means take a quick test, confirm to yourself that yes, I do uh, have been exposed. No, I have not been exposed, and then make a informed decision based on those data. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if that's, if I that's knew- well reasoned and logical. If we could get that test and my mom and dad could take it and just stay home a couple days from work and I could take it and Steph could, that would be a, that would be a reasonable action. We've all tested negative. Mm -hmm. We're not going anywhere. We're going to meet at the house. Why isn't, why wasn't this available a month ago and why is it available to everyone (laughs) like now? Cause it would be really convenient. Um, but uh, in a couple weeks it will be. So yeah. All you need to do is call your doctor and say, hey, doc, give me one of those COVID tests because I really want to go home. I would love <laughs> to go home. I would love. My dad so. bought, bought bought another four-wheeler uh, that's just about big enough for Sam to drive. And I'm Ooh. like, yeah, we got to get we got to get there in a hurry. Anyway, Travis. We know who else could use an at-home uh, test would be Santa Claus because Santa infected <laughs> dozens at a Belgium age care home. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic continues to wreak havoc in Europe with a man dressed up as Santa Claus now found to be behind a worrying outbreak in Belgium. 75 cases are linked to the uh, Hamelrick, uh, Hamelrick aged care home in the Belgium town of Mall just days after the super spreader Santa attended to spread some Christmas cheer and a whole lot of virus. Uh, the man dressed as St. Nicholas attended the home last weekend and going on to infect 14 staff members and 61 residents less than a week later. That's crazy amount of numbers. That's nuts. Uh, the mayor of Mall, Vim Cares, told Belgium News VRT that it was a very dark day for the aged care home. Uh, you think? Yeah. Uh, it'll be all hands on deck during the coming week. It was made with the best intent, but it all went wrong. It has been a very dark day for the care home. It, was, uh, it has been a very great mental strain to bear for the man that played St. Nicholas as well as the organizers and the staff. So the the staff was saying that initially everyone was wearing masks and following social distancing, and then uh, photos got out and proved that to be wrong. So uh, initially they said the rules had been followed, but uh, straight away you receive photos of the families of, of residents where you can see this wasn't the case, said Cares. Those who have the coronavirus at the home are suffering mild to moderate symptoms. Um, and you've got health care workers from the Antwerp pro- province uh, and Red Cross are there to help. Um, so, yeah, Santa spreading uh, Christmas cheer all over 75 <laughs> people. I would so, like to point out that Og is right. This wasn't the real Santa Claus. This was clearly one of Santa's helpers that does not have the same level of magic to protect him that Santa has Clearly. some kids. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Santa is not spreading COVID. Uh, it's yes, just yes, his helpers are helpers. not following the rules very well. Yeah. So on a more serious note to follow up on this story, and the reason why this, this kind of a, a story is important 
I, I'm not sure if everybody remembers the Biogen conference back in February, the kind of the, the major spreader within the United States. Very um, little, but yeah. Bottom line is a couple of people were overseas. They came to uh, Boston. They uh, went to the Biogen conference in Boston. Uh, from that conference, 100 people got sick. 100 people got sick. It was announced this week that after contact tracing those 100 people and following it through all the way to today, December 16th, actually, I think this article was written earlier this week, so whatever it was, it's been linked to over 300,000 cases oh, gosh. of COVID. Those 100 people, one conference, over 300,000 people have been linked to, to those illnesses. And that's also the ones, I mean, that neglects the ones that uh, got it that they couldn't do contract tracing on. And so yeah. it's it's definitely yeah. more than the 300,000. That's all that they can actually perform contact tracing. So whenever we hear numbers like, oh, 46 at Sturgis or 77 at Sturgis or what, what I, I don't mean to pick on Sturgis because it's, it's whatever event we hear yeah. things like this six months, nine months later, all of a sudden, 10, 100, a thousand people become hundreds of thousands of people really, really quickly. And that's the issue. I think that's been at the core of this whole thing is how quickly it can spread because it could last for so long on surfaces and 14 days in your system and still be contagious. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, yeah, the mortality rate may be low, but it's still a high number of people when you spread it around that much. Mm. And that was the big thing. So, yeah, it's easy to spread this thing. We've been saying it since the day we started this show is one person yeah. spreads to 2.5 more people, which is a lot more than the flu virus, which was like 1 to 1.5, which is, you know, it's a spread, but it's not two times the amount like, oh, oh, one person, two people, two people, six people. I don't know how to do math, but you know what I mean? A lot of people get it really quickly. It's exponential growth. Don't laugh at me, Jacob. I'm not a math I, person. I, that is not a laugh. That is a 100% nodding my head, smiling in agreement. I believe <laughs> in exactly what you just said, Stephen. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you. very. I'm a writer. I know words. You, I don't know number you know, stuff. You're the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. You do the best. I know the best words. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get let's start hitting this mailbag pretty hard. We need to get in here and we need to start giving it the one-two punch because we got a lot of stuff to cover from you guys, uh, and mm -hmm. who knows if we might have commentary on it. So I want to get to it as quickly as we can. Uh, the first email we have comes from Hammer Dwarf, uh, good friend Hammer Dwarf. If you're on Twitch, Twitch.tv/HammerDwarf. He just got his battle station set up in Dwarf Fortress streaming i expect will come soon and he's really fun to watch if you like asmr yep, all the way from hawaii hawaiian dwarf chill. yeah the hawaiian <laughs> i just imagine his picture of his dwarf with the beers now turned into hawaiian shirt dwarf with like a coconut umbrella drink <laughs> that's what i'm umbrella feel drinking like his, pineapple his logo we'll just um yeah he says, I feel like the anti-vax rhetoric has ramped up since COVID has become a political issue rather than a healthcare one. Anti-vaxxers were already there, but now the COVID deniers are taking that stance as an opposition to others. My wife and I came across this sign the other day, attached. I didn't get the photo, but it's okay. Someone did. Uh, it just reads, the vaccine is poison with a skull and crossbones. This is in wildly blue Hawaii. On Instagram, friends are touting anti-vax conspiracies, and it's the same folks that post the anti-COVID stuff. 
it's fair. These are all friends I made in college in South Carolina, so of course they're generally leaning more conservative, but it kind of hurts to see. Once the vaccine comes out, my fear is that these folks will stay unvaccinated and begin walking around without masks or other caution and say they've been vaccinated to cover for it. The next few months are going to be rough. Oh, that, that is pretty good. Uh, we're talking about people who are, who are anti-vax, not getting the vaccine and just saying they did. Uh, I know I did read at least one story that was talking about, um, I remember if it was an event or a workplace would require some sort of the, the vaccination card, like I'm good. I had it done. Here's my card. Sign. Mark of the beast stuff all over the place. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Take your tinfoil hat off. But it's it's a card that just says I've been vaccinated. I can come back to work. Um and that kind of stuff. And that that would curtail some of the easy social engineering that they could likely do. But not everywhere's gonna do that or require it. So Yeah. I mean they re- they require vaccines to get back into school to do athletics uh to to be part of athletics to yep. uh, there are a lot of things that require vaccinations to travel abroad etc so you have to show proof of vaccinations I, I, it would not shock me if one day some countries required that vaccine yeah yeah no i wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all and that we talked a little bit pre-show about some, or no, uh, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about some of the things that that ruffle my feathers in terms of uh, bad data being spread and all that. HIPAA is another one that that riles me up quite a bit because that gets misused. There'll be people that'll try to use that as a reason to to not have to tell you whether or not they got vaccinated, even though it has nothing to do with it. But sure. you know, it's we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's and, likely. And I understand the delays, um, not necessarily the anti-vaxxers, but the delayers. I, I get mm-hmm. it. If you want to see more data, if you're not 100% comfortable, et cetera, I, 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 have, I cannot fault you for that. What, a, what I can say is that I encourage you to review the data with a, um, um, a speculative eye and make sure that you are comfortable doing it. And uh, if not, then talk to somebody who maybe can review that data for you or that has reviewed that data and and uh, and make the best decision for you. But I will tell you, if what we're going for is to try to return to some societal norm that we're used to, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And a healthy skepticism is fine. If you're yes. if you have a healthy skepticism and want to wait and see how things play out a little bit, but you're like, I'm most likely going to do it, but I want to, I just want to give it some time to marinate and to kind of get out there. That's fine. The cynicism of I'm never getting a vaccine because all vaccines are poison. That's the dangerous stuff. Yeah. And that's the stuff that, that causes all sorts of problems and puts me more or less in a, in a fighting mood. Yeah, that's right. But hell, we're in, we're in this boat with the kids right now, right? What do we do with kids? What do we do with 15 year olds? What do we do? 10 year olds? What do we do with yeah. infants? What do we do with kids? And right now, if you look at kids, they're freaking vectors. Every time they go to daycare, they come back and they've got another virus that they bring into the house. So this is a discussion that we're going to have to eventually a topic that we're going to have to figure out and whether it's waiting on something that's more established, like some of these protein based viruses, uh, excuse me, vaccines instead of the mrna vaccines then yeah maybe we wait on that maybe we can't return to normal until january uh, june maybe it's going to be summertime but uh, 
I feel like this is a discussion that we need to have now rather than saying, well, let's just forget the vaccine. Let's talk about how we can actually get the vaccine and get it in the hands of the people that need to get it. Yes. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm not, I'm anti-vaccine because I mean, I look at the data, but I don't understand any of it. So I just have to listen to Wilson on the, down on the, on the corner there. And he told me it ain't nothing but trouble. And every single mm-hmm. one of them that gets us is going to die and the government is going to track us. Uh, so I can look at that data, one. but I don't understand it. Wilson's the smartest one in this town. You you can tell me all you want, but I just, you know, it's that kind of argument, though. I'm trying to get at is you can tell people to do their own research, but then their excuse is, I don't understand what any of it says. So then they go, but and then you say, well, we'll reach out to an expert. Well, I don't trust the experts. Well, I don't know how to help you then. Do you want to keep having a conversation <laughs> yeah. where we try to work through this, or do you just want to stonewall it with excuses? Because can, you can either do it yourself, or you can trust people who know. And if you don't do either one, I can't help you. I'm going to walk away and just go hope you hope you don't die from something because it I, there's nothing you can do with that argument. Like it ticks me off when people box themselves in. I want to scream. I want to scream. I'm just like, you either okay. accept help or you do it yourself. You can't stop in the middle and just go. Nope. Like, no, at what that is- point it's doctor's med medicine. It's just try not to die. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> drives me bonkers this goes beyond covid it's like anything anything where you just choose inaction instead of doing anything it's a problem yes i see steam i see steam it was, it was it's, it's, it just bothers so me close. i can't i cannot abide uselessness in a person the uh, dude will not <laughs> abide <laughs> i will not tolerate it uh, so this next email comes from Ace. Oh, um, if, if you want, we could just swip, flip them so that you're not reading them all. If, if you oh, want yeah, to do yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's do that. That's great. Yeah, well, well, I'll read Ace's and and uh, I'll paraphrase a little bit, Ace. Um, so just to, to we're gonna try to to run through these last few because in the interest of time for the evening. Um, but uh, Ace, of course, you know she she talks about us and you know how great we are and you know not to not to pat ourselves on the back. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, uh, Ace was admitted to the hospital on Friday, um, and she has some some uh, some observations that she wanted to share. Um, in the hospital, you don't have to wear a mask when you're in a private room. The only time you really have to put a mask on is uh, when you leave the room. Um, so I guess that's nice, but risky is what she says. Uh, the local hospital has everyone uh, that has COVID on floors uh, separated from everyone else. So that's good. They've isolated the COVID patients. That's that's pretty good. Um, record numbers of, of um, cases in Pennsylvania in that county um, where she's in the hospital. So uh, this, uh, these are all like unbelievably uh, relevant discussions because what we're talking about here is whether or not the healthcare system will be stressed due to all these COVID cases. Um, but one thing she brings up is nurses, and and she says we're seeing nurses admit that they're scared to come to work. We're seeing nurses terrified as they work um, that that they're going to get COVID and that they're going to bring it home potentially and. And the bottom line here is that we're not paying enough attention to our frontline workers. And we're talking about nurses and we're talking about doctors. And yes, they're the first ones getting vaccinated. But 
they're the ones who are dealing with this day in and day out. They're they're exposed to it every single day. I mean, look at grocery store workers. Look at DoorDash folks. I mean, there's a reason why every time DoorDash comes to buy my house, I'm the same way as Stephen. I'll I'll write them whatever tip I want to write them because they deserve it because they're they're out there doing their thing. And you know, these are unconventional frontline workers, and we're used to frontline workers being the nurses and the doctors, and they still are. They're the ones who are experiencing this. But there's so many other frontline workers as well right now. And and that's that's something that, you know, I really took away from Ace's email. And I said, you know, who are these frontline workers? And yes, they need to get paid more. Cause she was she was adamant in the email about we we do not pay these people enough. And she's right. We don't. There are some people that deserve so much more than what we can give them at this point. And we need really need to to rethink some of that um, coming out of this pandemic because the heroes from this pandemic are not the traditional heroes that you would normally think of. Um, they're the doctors, they're the scientists, they're the, the grocery store workers, they're the, they're the DoorDash delivery people. They're the people that are out there every day trying to figure out how to make you comfortable and to keep you protected. And they're not the, 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 the police are still doing their thing. The uh, fire department's still doing their thing and they're still doing a great job of it, but they're not the kind of frontline workers that are, are really putting it out there like we're seeing today. And yeah, we should, we should definitely rethink it after this pandemic's over with how we're, we're, we're valuing those frontline workers. Speaking of frontline workers. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of frontline workers, one of the stories we didn't cover that's been all over the news was a nurse that has an OnlyFans uh, that was getting raked over the coals for being a nurse with an OnlyFans. And if you're not familiar with OnlyFans, it's a nudie picture subscription website for individuals. So like I could go on OnlyFans and be like, want to see nudie pictures of me? Pay me five <laughs> bucks a month or whatever. Like it's, that's basic. I'm simplifying, but that's kind of what it is. So, uh, I don't have an OnlyFans by the way, but I'll start one if everybody wants it bad enough and will pay me the money. I'm kidding. It's fine. But what, you, you what, probably won't do the, uh, um, <laughs> do the naked picture. So I, I know Steve. No, no, not really. You don't want to see that. That's not interesting to anybody. Uh, but for real though, that was a big deal. Was nurses and they were like, well, maybe if we paid nurses a, an acceptable wage for where this nurse is, is living, I think she's in New York City, then maybe she wouldn't have to have an OnlyFans. Uh, and true. I thought that was a pretty good argument. And then I read another tweet from a guy that actually killed me. It was like, um, we get all up and basically it was why, how messed up is it that we get all bothered by somebody on OnlyFans and say they're selling their body and it's something terrible, but we're willing to work in a warehouse and break our back for minimum wage for corporate stockholders. And for like, 35 and, years and then yeah. not get a pension plan. And how is that mm-hmm. not selling your body? I'm like, dang, that's perspective. It switched me up real quick. Not that I was anti-OnlyFans, but it, it, it covered the confusion or the, the pattern disruption that I, I have when I think about it. I'm like, why would you do that? I'm done. I get it. I'm all for it. Freaking yep. OnlyFans yeah, yourself absolutely. to death because F the corporations in there. I'm going to make you work in the coal mine and walk crooked and get black lung and then kick you out. Like, screw it. Mm-hmm. Flash your boobs. Flash your wieners. Whatever you want to do. Uh, to people that are overage and can pay for it, uh, and are not uh, weird, dirty people, uh, be safe and out there's there. There's no exploitation there. Yes. Yeah. Right. Obviously, I'm the, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like the guy who talks fast at the end of the commercial. <laughs> but, <laughs> my disclaimers are. Yeah, my disclaimers the- are be <laughs> proper age. Standing disclaimer for this. Yes, I don't feel like, it's I like a Seattle's commercial over there, Stephen. <laughs> you give opinions like they give uh, side effects. <laughs> 
It always has to come with some sort of writer that says, I'm not saying whatever I said that sounded wrong. It, it's because I didn't mean it like that. Duh. <laughs> Steven backpedals, fill out your, uh, your bingo cards. Oh, and, and one thing I did leave out. Uh, Ace did mention in the PS that Duke was the most awesome school ever. And that on December 29th, when Pitt comes to Cameron Indoor, it's going to be all like Donkey Kong. That's what she said. <laughs> sure by the way, said. I, I wore this just for you. No, actually, Duke is playing right now. They're playing uh, Notre Dame, and I think they're up by 10. So that's, uh, yeah. I got to show solidarity, man. I got to show my support. There you you go. do it. Yes. Do it. <laughs> uh, we, we, we did get another email from Og. Uh, Og says, yeah. Og says, uh, glad the vaccine is here. I think it will probably be a while before I can get it, uh, as many of us in the Discord and the, in the Legion. Um, and that is as it should be. I think the vaccine should be distributed by need. The first group should be the medical workers and first responders, like we mentioned. After that, I think those high risk, uh, the elderly, um, service workers, restaurant workers, barbers, hairstylists, and the like, uh, should get it uh, because they, they need to work and make their livelihood. And yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, after that, I think teachers and probably kids, so we can get our family, our kids fully back to school. I'm probably missing a few, but the last group should be those of us, including me directly, he says, that can work from home. And as long as we wear masks and take proper precautions are at low risk. It is tempting to say, well, if you were a big enough moron that you denied everything when COVID was killing 3000 people a day, you don't get the vaccine, but that just hurts us all. And we need to be better than that. My biggest concern with the virus is that they said they don't have a lot of information on how it impacts kids 16 to 18. This is a bit scary and brings fears of birth issues with babies as our kids grow up and start having babies. I believe this happened back in the fifties um hopefully it was an overreaction there was there were some things i can't remember exactly what it was thalidomide 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 babies yep um uh cancer god knows why anyways i saw your post on discord and thought about how the vaccine should be given out and it i mean we're we're all in agreement with that that though that is pretty much how it should go down you get your frontline workers you get your people um and then slowly works down like i know I'm in the last group of people that uh, should be getting the vaccine because I live alone. I work at home. It's easy for me to quarantine. Do I want it? Yes. Do I want to be able to get back out and do a, do some of the things that I used to do? Yes. If I have to wait a little bit longer for that to make sure people that really should be getting it can, 100% I'm fine with that. Yeah, It'll get to me eventually. I would also like to take a moment to shout out the fact that the Legion of Dorks has, has some class act human beings in it. Because I'm just saying we should be better than that. This is how I want to feel. Uh, is mm-hmm. if you're not willing to do whatever, you're killing all these people. You don't get the vaccine, but we got to be better than that. And that that's a refrain you'll hear amongst everybody in the Legion of Dorks. Is often uh, I want to be this way, but I know I can't be this way because society demands we're better. Uh, and yes. that that speaks to a lot of the people within the Legion and on our Discord. Uh, just in conversations I've had over the years. It's it's mm-hmm. just really cool uh, to be in a community that that seems to majority feel like it's it's better for everyone for us not to not to just screw the person that screwed us. Yeah, take that dirt yeah. bag. I mean, yeah, you know, the selfish version of me says, no, give me the give me the damn vaccine. Yeah, I want right? to get back to what I'm doing and screw if you didn't want the vaccine. Fine. You don't get one. But I know better. And yeah. I know that I need to be better. And by extension, we all need to be better. And that is a great thing about this community 
is that it's full of people that have that same mindset, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, Can't agree more. One one thing I wanted to bring up, because we didn't really touch on this, couldn't agree more with Og about the kids. We just don't have enough information for it. And I'm not even talking about the 16, 18-year-olds. I'm talking about 0 to 18 at this point, Um, Mm -hmm. anything in children. And so that worries me a little bit, because what is this vaccine going to do and and maybe this will be a, a deep dive in next week or the week after but when we start getting this vaccine to roll out and we start getting a lot of people to start getting this where do we go from there because we're still going to have a large percentage of children unvaccinated or potentially haven't been exposed to it yet are we going to say that it's okay to then go out i mean what what kind of guidance are we going to provide to people with kids um, especially those that maybe are younger, maybe are older. I, I don't know that that it, it raises a whole lot of questions for me relative to what we do in March, April, May, when the vaccines really starts rolling out to to some of these later groups of people, like you mentioned, Og. Um, do we do we start going back to normal? Do we start bringing our kids out? What what do we do? And uh, I, it's not a topic for deep dive today, but yeah, Og, you've definitely kind of got those wheels turning for me um, uh, about what we should do with kids in the future. I'll tell you what we, we will be, we will be awfully uncomfortable with everything we choose to do to start with. We haven't spent two weeks doing this. Y'all we've established habits, routines. Uh, our brains have started to recognize this is what life is. So anything outside of it's going to generate some level of fear uh, whether it's stronger or, I mean, it's fear you can hopefully talk yourself through and be like, I'm being a little bit overreactive. We're okay now. We can do this. We have a vaccine. But I would urge anybody with small children or or children of any age to just be patient. Uh, I'm terrified yeah. for, for Sam's anxiety level. He's been away from kids and with us since March, and that's that's going to be a, a battle for us to have to tackle. Uh, I know they're they're malleable. Kids bounce back. Kids have a lot of things they can they can handle but uh but it's it's going to be a tough haul for for everybody who's who's been in a situation where they've been inside and quarantined off so uh be patient mm-hmm. with each other if your kids don't want to immediately come flying home be like i get it because <laughs> you're trying to work through some emotions and let's figure this right. out um there's there's always there's always people to talk to anyway Adam of Geekheim wrote us an email. He says, the vaccine is huge news. If all the idiots that need to take it, take it. Uh, No matter what, it's great. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This issue, and and those include us idiots, and we're idiots who need to take it, and we'll take it. Uh, This issue has become so tied to politics, and my stance with talking talking politics in, in places like work so I hear if anyone is a, of of a, a certain red red party, uh, I just don't bother engaging unless they address me directly about it. And I I mean the the leader of that whole thing has ignored it so for the most part. So I I get it. Uh, with regards to masks and the vaccine, I've decided anyone I hear being negative towards them, I'm willing to interject. Uh, that's how important this is to everyone. Uh, so far, I've only had really heard one person honestly asking about the early advice from reputable sources and such that masks didn't do anything. Uh, I just tried to make them see that recommendations and opinions on things can change with new information. I think it was a winning conversation with that person. I've moved well past the point of being worried that this is safe. I implicitly trust Fauci, and he says to trust the career scientists at the FBA, uh, or FDA, not FBA, FDA. 
Uh, he says, I'm sure my family and friends are all fine with taking it and answering their questions. My mother, 79, with a level of congestive heart failure at times, is going to discuss it with her doc to make sure things are fine. Uh, I've even encouraged her to call the doctor to show her interest so she can get on the list sooner. One of my biggest fears during this has been my my giving it to her. Um, so, yeah, like if he it, that's that's a perfectly valid worry. You got somebody with uh, a health underlying health condition that is pretty much shown to cause hospitalization um at a higher percentage heart can any circulatory issue has been a much stronger reason to end up in the hospital so that's a that's a big deal but um but yeah i'm glad you're i'm glad she's trying to uh get on a list because i think we've done that with a with a family member of ours is like hey talk to the doc when what's the deal with the vaccine can we get on that list how do we get on that list um and that's that's a big deal and i think when you have a valid reason to do so um it makes perfect sense. Like Travis was saying, mm-hmm. I know I'm I'm a healthy uh, 35-year-old dude. Um, I keep thinking that's young until I realize it's not because there's new words, Twitch bands, <laughs> that I don't know what they mean. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm not I'm not over 65 with congestive heart failure. So, yeah, I'm probably going to be one of the last ones to get it. Stephanie will probably be one of the last ones to get it. Um, my only concern there is Sam has asthma that's allergy. It's allergy-based asthma, but it's asthma. It worries me. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if, like Jacob was saying, there's not enough data for me to say, here, stick my five-year-old. Let's do this. Um, well, and they won't, they, with the yeah, emergency yeah, youth will. authorization, the, the healthcare workers cannot. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Um, that keeps them, this keeps the kids safe. No unethical sticking going on around here. Plus Sam was not looking forward to it. Uh, he's like, you say shot. He's like, shot. No. Kid took shots like a boss till he was like four and figured out what they were. And then he's like, oh, no, <laughs> no thank you. You can be like shot. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, the funny thing is they can take his blood. And he's like, he watches. It's stupid. But a shot just, we shouldn't call them that. We should abolish the no. word shot around children and just say vaccination. And it doesn't yeah. sound nearly as intimidating. I don't know why we call them shots. It's stupid. It's like. Yeah. I, don't, you, I, you, I know for a long time I didn't like needles, but now that I've been giving blood like every other week or every week for the last year, um, uh, it's going to be nothing anymore. Yeah. Out of curiosity, do, do you mind if I ask uh, what's, what was the impetus behind uh, weekly donations or monthly donations well, or however often? So I, I would go in occasionally and I would do like the whatever it is every eight weeks, I think is what they let you do for whole blood. And, or if there was a blood drive and I hadn't, you know, hadn't donated in a while, I'd stop by the blood drive. And one day when I was in, they asked if I would be interested in doing a platelet donation. They're like, you know, it takes a little bit longer. It takes an hour to an hour and a half. They said, but we, we hook you up to the machine. You have an IV, you just sit there and and do it. And you can do it a little more often because you get most of your blood back. And I was like, sure, I could do that. And I did it a few times. And then I found out I ended up being a match directly to, to somebody who's hospitalized right now and is in dire need of platelets is what they keep telling me. So there was at one point, it was two of us in this area that were a match for this person. So we were alternating weeks. I would go in and that person would go in the next week. Well, then they traveled and went out of the country. So then they started getting a hold of me. And I actually, I went three, three weeks in a row uh, to the point where the third week, the, the girl that was, Sticking me is like, you, we might as well just tattoo the markings on here of where your vein is. So it's easier <laughs> to find. Um, but uh, yeah, it's basically, and for me, it's like, 
it's not a, a big imposition. I go and I sit with my iPad and I watch a movie or I listen to a podcast for an hour and a half and I do it every other Saturday. I try to do it Saturday mornings. That way I don't sleep till noon on a Saturday. So, and it's helping people out. So I'm, I'm happy to do that. A small imposition in my weekend and I'm doing, doing some, some kindness in the world. And that for me is a big thing. So high five, awesome. sir. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Super great. Yeah. Well, guys, it has been a long show, but a good show. Uh, the feedback from everybody, the emails, oh, my word, that was fun. Uh, definitely it really do that works. again. Yeah, definitely do that again. I would love some more voices, too. So if you guys know people, you chat with people, and you're like, hey, I know this mm-hmm. show. They talk about COVID all the time. Why don't you put your thoughts in the email or or tell me what you want to say, and I'll relay it. Um, that would be That would be awesome. I'd love to get more of that stuff because, like we said at the top of the show, we don't have guests anymore. Travis is our permanent guest. Travis is a host in his own right uh, on this show. So he's taken up that third quadrant, y'all, which means if you want to get your voice heard, you got to do it in new ways. And that's with email yep. or Twitter or your Anchor app where you can call us up and hit the hit the button and be like, I'm leaving them a voicemail. Done. Um, and if the Anchor app doesn't work, maybe, maybe I can work out having a voicemail line oh, that you can just call. Travis. We'll see. We'll see what I can do on that. Travis, Travis in our, our Michigan Travis correspondent has his own has his own setup over there. He can make this happen. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, but yeah, if you enjoyed the show, give us a review on your favorite podcasting service of choice. Uh, follow us on Twitter at staring underscore goats. Mainly that's so you can ask us questions at that account. I don't really tweet from it because I find Twitter to be mostly a dumpster fire and nobody pays attention to it anyway. Uh, so well, I don't know what I would add there that I don't add on my Twitter account, uh, Steve H and H. Travis, where can people find you and your work? Oh, anywhere that uh, there is social media, I am probably on it as TV's Travis. Uh, my my show, my main show that I do outside of this is at TV'sTravis.com. That's wait you haven't seen where you both have been on talking about movies. So, and that's my big thing is I like to talk about entertainment and uh, and share entertainment with people. So, yeah, TV's Travis, pretty much anywhere. I awesome, can't think awesome. of outside of maybe PlayStation Network. <laughs> and that's just because I had PlayStation Network years before I came up with TV's Travis. Years before you were the TV's Travis. Jacob, Jacob's right. not anywhere. If you want to get to him, you got to go through me. Uh, go to Staring at Goats Podcast at gmail.com. I do check that every every Wednesday. That's there it. That's how you talk to Jacob. <laughs> Staring at Goats Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, be back here tomorrow for horseshoes and hand grenades. If you're listening to audio, Hey, I would suggest you uh, go ahead and subscribe to that because that's a lot of fun. You'll find all the notes to all the show or all the all the links to all the stories in our show notes uh, on the description of the podcast. And uh, we thank you guys. Thanks to our patrons, Hammerdorf, Og, Adam, and Christine of Geekheim, Oddly Normal One, and our parents. TwoDorks.net slash support is how you join the Patreon and pitch us a dollar a month. Uh, and you guys are amazing. And we'll see you next time on Staring at Goats. Ah! Oh! Ah!